the Bible teaches us that there's always growth and there's always more. In fact, we have an entire book of the Bible in the New Testament um, devoted to showing us that the church can't operate without a constant reliance on the Holy Spirit. Your entire body now is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And Paul's language is now the temple in Jerusalem. Get rid of it. We don't need it anymore. It's now each Christian. You are the temple. And the Holy Spirit is working in you, whether you acknowledge Him or not. Why not acknowledge Him? Welcome to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast, a Resurgence Initiatives Podcast. Our heart is to see a movement of leaders released in all spheres of society and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Never before has there been such a need for good leadership. We're on a journey to be equipped, encouraged, and empowered. Join our conversations as we talk spirit-empowered leadership and see God's kingdom at work through God's people everywhere they go. Hey, welcome back to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast. I'm Travis Salonia. This is Donovan Beyer. Hello. And we are so glad that you joined us again and to be part of this. Uh, we're on this journey of leadership. And Donovan, I have just been thinking about leadership. I am I am really excited today, like stoked excited. Um, I've just got back from traveling a bunch of places, uh, meeting with different evangelists and leaders. And, and part of our mandate as a resurgence is to reach people, release leaders, and to revive churches. And it feels like it's been a season of raising up leaders. Um, that's why we're doing this, this this podcast, but uh, I just am excited because you know it's easy to turn on the news. It's easy to look at political influence right now. All the stuff happening in the world, but what we need is leaders, don't we? Like we need spirit empowered leaders. Like the future is leadership, and so even to talk today about leadership, to be to be meeting today with our guest about leadership, spirit empowered leadership. I just think the future is bright if we have strong leaders. Well, totally. And it reminds me of a conversation you and I had like probably like six or seven years ago where we, we were saying, how do we see God move in our city? How do we see reviving churches and people reach for Jesus? And uh, we were both like, we need leaders to be healthy. We need leaders to be whole. We need leaders to know their identity, to know the power that they have through the Holy Spirit and to minister from that place. And so it's cool how even since six or seven years ago, we started having these conversations about leadership. And now even even now we're starting to see that expand and grow. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, and so we invite you on this journey. You're a leader, you're a mom, you're an engineer, you're a doctor, you're a teacher, you're wherever God's called you to lead, uh, you're in the right place because we're on this journey trying to figure out how to be uh, leaders, how the Spirit can lead us in greater ways. And um, it's an exciting season. I just believe there is a movement um, um, of leaders arising. And it is time mm-hmm. to step into our mandate to push past our fears, push past our inadequacies, push past our insecurities and be like, God, you can use me. Um, If not me, then who? Like, you can use me. And so I'm excited because I believe there is a movement. I see, I dream of a movement of leaders that that is empowered by the Spirit saying, God, how do we live this out? And not just, you know, at a service, not just at a church meeting, not just at, uh, you know, our prayer meeting for an hour a week, but how how do we live it out when we go to, to Starbucks? How do we live it out when we go to um, the, the various things that we do during our day? How do we invite you, Holy Spirit, into our day? And, and could you lead us in the boardroom? Could you lead us at the gym? How's that look? 
Oh yeah, it's that's such a good question, and I think a lot of people are asking that question right now. And and I had this cool thing happen yesterday, Travis. I wanted to tell you and our listeners about, but I uh, I had the opportunity to read the testimony of a friend of mine who I've known since he was like 16, 17 years old. I had the privilege of discipling him. I had the privilege of uh, helping him grow in his faith uh, from a, from kind of a newer Christian to a really mature believer. And it was cool because as I was reading his story. I wasn't aware of this, but some of the things that impacted him the most were things that for me would have felt really mundane or kind of like, I didn't know that conversation meant so much to you, or I didn't know that taking the time that day actually had such a big impact. But yeah, as I was reading his story, like the things that he mentioned, they weren't these big things, they were these small things. And as I think back to those things, it a lot of that was just me trying to think, how can I follow the Spirit's leading in my daily life? And, and these small things, they really made a big impact. And so I, I, I love that we're having these discussions about what it means to be spirit-led leaders because we don't know the type of impact that we can have when we are being empowered by the Holy Spirit in, in just the everyday life. Yeah, so good. That's amazing. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. sometimes it, it's the fruit. And sometimes we don't get to see the fruit. Sometimes we have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we deposit things and we never see the, the end result. We never see the testimony. And as, as I read, you know, of old revivals, one of the hallmarks of, of moves of God have been sharing of the testimony, sharing of what mm-hmm. God has done. And I was thinking of this yesterday, too. Um, you know, somebody I know that had trouble. Trouble um, having uh, children, and this couple had trouble having children. And then when they had um, their daughter, there was like all these defects, and, and the ultrasound was showing all these things. And I remember there was prayer around this. Well, this was 20 years ago. And Mm -hmm. I was thinking of it because I'm like, they don't tell that story enough because the girl's in university. She's a nurse now. And it's like, you look at, I remember the prayer for that girl. And now she's like in Mm -hmm. nursing and you're like, that is incredible. And I think sometimes we, 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 you know, we pray, we see the miracle, but we don't see, we don't tell the story enough of what God has done. Here she is a nurse today helping other people. Why? Because God healed her and moved miraculously in that situation. And I think um, sometimes we need to keep telling the stories of what God has done because it speaks, it prophesies to what he can do and um, how the spirit can lead us and use us. And um, I'm excited today. We have a guest and we're going to talk. We've talked, uh, Donovan, about about leadership. We've talked about empowering. Um, This whole thing is about that. But but it's going to be about spirit empowered. And and, uh, our guest today, he ministers in the Holy Spirit. That's his ministry. He's written books on it. He's studied uh, moves of God and revivals and where God has moved out. And and I just, I'm going to, we're going to ask him to kind of start at the basics on how to be led by the Spirit. And so you're watching and you're like, I'm a little scared. I'm a little fearful. I I wasn't raised that way. This is all new to me. He's going to unpack it super easy, super easy to understand. And I I think you're going to really enjoy it. I met him a year ago and it's it's been such a joy to get to know him and his wife and uh it's gonna be awesome yeah my my encouragement before uh we hop into this conversation for those of you listening is just open your heart open your heart to jesus ask him to uh, speak to you in ways that he maybe hasn't before and uh and for some of you it might even mean like god expand the box that i might have put you in. i had to go through a journey where where i opened myself up to to the work of god and i think today that might happen for some of you just knowing this guest knowing what god's laid on his heart and so i really encourage you open your heart and uh, ask holy spirit to 
lead you in this next uh, about 45 minutes. Hey, we are so glad to have a good friend of mine. We had met last year. Uh, my wife Jess and I were in Korea and we're eating a bento box lunch in the cafeteria and we met Tim and Rochelle and just became friends of theirs and I just love his heart. He uh, is a minister in the United States of America. He's ministering and all over the world, probably 320 services last year, but uh, since 1993 has been really ministering on Holy Spirit. Everywhere he goes, he talks about the Holy Spirit. Since he was 14, I think God gave him this vision about doing this. And so um, I just thought this was so key. Could he come on our podcast, the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast, and just talk to us about Spirit Empowered Leadership, but the spirit part of it and how we are led. And so Tim, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Hey, thanks so much, Travis. Great to see you. And Donovan, man, great to meet you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, I give a snapshot, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your family. Sure. Uh, when I was 14 years old at a youth camp altar, I felt Jesus just speak to me that my life's calling was to be to teach others about the Holy Spirit. And kind of being raised in a typical church setting, I didn't know what that would look like, you know, teach, you know, that's like a Bible college or Sunday school, whatever, for an archaic model. And But that's just kind of not how it was when I was... Uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe 15, I preached for the first time in somebody's youth group. And by the time I was 16, I was red hot in the nursing home circuit. And uh, <laughs> matter of fact, God would move so much, sometimes there wouldn't be a dry seat in the place. I mean, it was incredible. But um, I was like the only young guy that where, uh, um, you know, would want to come into the nursing homes. And so I just kind of began to do that and uh, went to Bible college and all during Bible college, I would go out and preach. And and uh, so, yeah, so we typically do, um, like you mentioned, a bunch of services a year, um, North America and overseas, 60 some countries now, something like that. And um, but uh, we're just just thrilled. We've always traveled as a family. My wife, Rochelle, and I have been married 30 years and we've been 30 years traveling. We have three adult sons. Two of them are married and are pastors. And um, and then our youngest is uh, a junior at a Christian university in Texas studying music production. That's so awesome, Tim. It's just so good to hear a bit of your story. And, and I'm just curious these days, like what, when you think about leadership, when you think about the Holy Spirit, what's something that you're really excited about? What's something that you're seeing or noticing as you travel around into all these different places? Well, a key principle um, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, uh, there's a shift that takes place in the Old Testament. God is specifically anointing special glow-in-the-dark leaders, although mm -hmm. all of them are pretty rough, rough material to begin with you know, stuttering murderer, liar, you know, the world's worst husband and Abraham and on and on and on. But, um, but then when you get in the New Testament after the day of Pentecost, now God is not just pouring out a spirit on special, unique, one in a million glow-in-the-dark leaders. He's now pouring a spirit out on all flesh. And what really excites me is that's exactly what we're seeing. Um, the, the days of the celebrity model are long gone. God just wants to pour out a spirit on every Christian so they can live spirit-empowered maximums, um, not only in the things that we perceive to be a little more secular in our life, although really everything is holy, but also um, that God would use us all for eternal impact, no matter what sphere we serve in, whether overtly in the church world or whether in the marketplace or whether in our main sphere is our family. God is calling all of us uh, to be spirit-empowered leaders in everything that we do. 
Yeah, that's um, and that's that's why we're doing this podcast. And there's people watching that, um, you know, or listening that are going, "Hey, I I want to be a greater leader. I want you know God to teach me in leadership." But this whole spirit thing is is new to me. Um, this is a new walk. How, how you know starting? You know, we can talk about leadership. There's a million books on leadership, but spirit empowered leadership. What what does that look like? Where where does that start? Like how if someone is watching, going how do I how do I step into be allowing the spirit to use me in a great? Where do you think that journey starts? Well, I think as a Christian, it starts even before you're saved. So the first encounter we have with the Holy Spirit, John 16, 8, is prior to our putting faith in Christ. He convicts us of our sin or convinces us is maybe a better translation from the Greek. He kind of brings us to the convincing point. And so, you know, even people that don't yet have uh, have not yet professed faith in Christ are able to hear the Holy Spirit. And then once we give our lives to Christ or we're saved or born again or whatever language you want to use, at that moment, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. For the last 30 years, if you've been around our ministry at all, undoubtedly you've heard this illustration, but you and I are like a donut. Um, And, you know, I don't know. I know you guys are Canadians, but like I have a special sweet spot in my heart for a cup of Tim's and a curler. And so that's kind of my first stop when we go to Canada and minister is get me a, a large dark roast and a couple curlers and and then I have to pay for it later on. But then secondly, our second trip is, of course, Swiss Chalet. Um, but uh, this donut is not like the one with the hole in the middle. It's a filled one. And so the moment you and I are saved, God injects the chocolate cream filling of the Holy Spirit inside of our donut. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit living inside of them from the moment of salvation onward. And he doesn't come and go uh, just because we don't perceive him doesn't mean that he's not there. Uh, We have very earthbound perceptions. And a lot of people make that mistake. They think the Holy Spirit is only living inside of them when they sense him. But he's there all the time. We can do activities that make us aware pretty much anything towards Jesus you know, going to church, pray, worship, read the Bible, you know, any anything like that. But um, the Holy Spirit then from the moment of salvation onward is there to lead and guide and transform us morally and help us in those ways in so many other ways. And and I'm being a little categorical with it, but but he's very generous in those ways. But then the Bible also teaches us that not only uh, does, can the Holy Spirit live inside of us primarily for our own personal character benefit and, and, uh, you know, fruit of the spirit growing and hearing and being led and guided by the spirit. But then the Bible uses categorically, actually, um, exterior prepositions to discuss the Holy Spirit's ministry outward falling upon a Christian. And we see this even in the Old Testament, like the Spirit uh, clothing Gideon and on and on and on. But it's kind of easy when you think about it, the interior ministry of the Spirit, primarily for interior transformation to make us more like Jesus and enable us and guide us and lead us. And then the exterior coming upon of the Spirit for exterior external ministry. And this is important because every Christian is called by God to do ministry. No matter who's paying your paycheck, uh, you're not a biblical Christian if you're not consistently involved some way in ministering to other people consistently Um, and not just, you know, hey, I write a check, uh, but I'm actually serving, doing, going, speaking, you know, whatever it may be. And so we all feel pretty incapable on this, right, because we typically would only sign up to do things we have perceived skill for. 
Um, but this outward coating of the spirit, Jesus used the term baptize, um, referring to like being baptized in water. Um, he also used um, the the uh, the term clothed in Luke 24. This is like when Jesus takes your donut that already has the chocolate of the Holy Spirit inside. You're already saved. You have the Holy Spirit as much as the Apostle Paul. But then Jesus takes your whole donut and dunks the whole thing in the chocolate glaze of the Holy Spirit on the outside. Have you ever noticed in a box of assorted donuts that the ones with the chocolate glaze on the outside just naturally get all over the box and all over the other donuts? Well, that's what it does. This empowering of the spirit uh, for ministry in our lives. Jesus, John the Baptist, Peter, the scriptures called baptism in the Holy Spirit is all about empowering our Christianity beyond just uh, personal transformation. And it's not like you don't have any power of the Spirit available to you before you're baptized in the Spirit, but it's all about more, exponentially more. And I think any Christian worth their salt always wants everything Jesus has for them. And Jesus put it this way, you'd receive power when the Holy Spirit comes outwardly upon you, is the word there. Um, in Acts 1. And then you'd be my witnesses. When um, witnesses, there is a legal term like a court witness. I know this to be personally true. Um, in Jerusalem, the city they were in, Judea, the broader province that Jerusalem sits in, Samaria, the next province over with people you don't like, which would be what? Manitoba. And then the ends of the earth, uh, which would also be Manitoba. So that's kind of coincidental. But um, it's interesting because he, he takes us outside of our comfort zone, outside of our skill set. And just like the chocolate glaze from the donuts gets all over the other donuts in the box, Jesus wants to, by his power, with his skill set, take us outside of our limitation and see maximums for the kingdom of God. He truly wants to lead us personally and outwardly. Uh, So good. Now I want a donut. (laughs) (laughs) This message brought to you by Tim Hortons. (laughs) You're definitely, definitely making me hungry. Yeah, Tim, that's just so good. I think as uh, yeah, just for those who listen to the first couple episodes, like I, I've come from a Baptist background. I've led in in circles where we hear the term baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's almost like there's a bit of you know questioning. There might even be a bit of fear associated with that term. It, it might be something that it's like, well, that's for the the more charismatic denominations, but not necessarily for uh, for some of the more traditional or whatever. Like all those distinctions, uh, uh, we we could unpack forever. But I think one of the one of the things that I really like about what you're saying is how um, the, the di- differentiation between how we're filled when when we receive Christ, but also how there's more. There's more than just that initial um, what we have on the inside of the Holy Spirit. And uh, what would you say to encourage uh, the skeptical, to encourage those who, who might hear this baptism of the Holy Spirit or empowerment of the Holy Spirit and might have a little bit of, um, I don't know if it's anxiety or, or unease about that term, but what, what would you say to encourage them? Well, I mean, first of all, it's a biblical term, and a lot of people um, say, well, you know, when you get saved, you get all of the Holy Spirit there is to get, which is just a ridiculous statement, um, Mm -hmm. because the Bible teaches us that there's always growth, and there's always more. In fact, we have an entire book of the Bible in the New Testament um, devoted to showing us that the church can't operate without a constant reliance on the Holy Spirit. 
And so, you know, that's kind of the other thing is like it or not, like it or lump it, man. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's working in your life, whether you acknowledge him or not. Uh, He's the one that revealed Jesus to you. He's the one that came to dwell inside of you. Like in in our North American Christianity, we have this Jesus in your heart business. You know, oh, you have Jesus in your heart. Travis, do you have Jesus in your heart? Donovan, do you have Jesus in your spleen? Uh, Travis, is he in your gizzard? You know, I mean, it's just kind of a ridiculous thing. Um, The actual biblical language is the Holy Spirit lives in your body from the moment of salvation. The Corinthian temple texts are a great example. First Corinthians 316, 619 uh, and others. But really, it's not just Jesus in your aorta. And thank God he's not really there because you talk about a heart attack and blockage, right? Um, there's no stent. There's no Jesus sized stent to open you open up your blood flow. But your entire body now is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And Paul's language is now the temple in Jerusalem. Get rid of it. We don't need it anymore. It's now each Christian. You are the temple and the Holy Spirit is working in you, whether you acknowledge him or not. Why not acknowledge him? A lot of people think that when you start talking about spirit baptism, that you're talking about a different spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God's spirit. You're not opening up to some, you know, temp worker from heaven that may or may not have, you know, might steal your wallet or something like that. And people are often afraid of things getting weird. Well, the Holy Spirit's not weird. He's not here to make you weird or strange. He's here to make you more like Jesus. And why in the world would I believe somebody's book or YouTube video over the Bible? Um, Jesus told them, interestingly, on the Great Commission, go, but before you go, get empowered with the Spirit. And so the Great Commission is conditioned upon the empowering of the Spirit to go. So, I mean, if Jesus relied on the Spirit, Luke 4, how much more would his followers rely on the Spirit? I mean, to me, people having concerns about the Holy Spirit just shows that they don't truly know who he is, uh, which is great material in the Bible to discover the Holy Spirit is God's personal spirit. Well, that's so good. And and I know that as as a leader, as a minister, just even as a person, husband, father, the more that I got to know and understand who the Holy Spirit really is, like it just, it changed my life. It transformed me. Um, but I'm just curious, again, for those that may not, this language might be new to them. What does it look like to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Is this something that you have to have people pray for you to receive? Or is this something that somebody can just pray to receive it on their own? Um, or is it both? Well, a great question. So the most important thing is that you need to go to the high point of the city during a lightning storm and wrap your head in a foil cone. <laughs> it should be on Yom Kippur. Um, no, 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 please don't do that. Um, but uh, a lot of people kind of get all weirded out about this, like, oh, this is just for a few. But this language is consistently used in Scripture by John the Baptist in the prologue of every gospel. Um, I dunk you in water, but one is coming after you is mightier than me. He'll dunk you in the Holy Spirit. That's first three chapters of each gospel. Then Acts chapter one, Jesus has now died, risen again from the dead. Remember the day he rose from the dead. He also appeared behind locked doors in John 20 with the disciples and he breathed on them. Emphuseo in the Greek, he put the chocolate inside of their donut because they put their faith in the resurrected Christ. They're now full New Testament believers. Remember the curtain in the temple was torn into, and now the Holy Spirit was living inside, not merely with believers. Um, and so to those people, he made this promise right before he ascended to heaven. 
John baptized in water, but now in a few days, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist and Jesus both identify this language, baptism in the Spirit, or Spirit Baptism for short, as this day of Pentecost empowering. And then Luke eleven sixteen, Peter comes back and after the great Gentile Pentecost there with Cornelius and uh, the bunch of the Italians there in Caesarea, he goes, hey, when the Holy Spirit falls upon Christians and there's, you know, supernatural signs that accompany this to confirm it, that is when someone is baptized in the Spirit. So, I mean, for people to say that spirit baptism is another language for salvation, you're fighting John the Baptist, Jesus, and Peter on that. Um, so that's, that's a pretty tough hill to climb. But going back to what your question is about, you know, do you need somebody to help you or whatever, you know, people get accidentally baptized in the spirit all the time. Um, this is not merely something that is an activity of the Holy Spirit. It's actually, actually technically an activity of Jesus. Only Jesus is the spirit baptizer and he self-identifies as that. In fact, as a Christian, you know him as savior and may know him as healer. But have you yet, as Paul asked in uh, in Acts 19, have you yet experienced, you know, Jesus as your spirit baptizer? Um, and so whether you're alone or you're in a group, you don't need a high power TV evangelist with a sequined adorned hairpiece to pray for you. You know, you just draw near to Jesus and lower your guard. You're You're not praying to Satan. You're not praying to Mickey Mouse. You know, you're praying to Jesus and the same Holy Spirit who's lived inside of you since you were saved is stirring you up. You know his presence. You know, when you go to church and you're worshiping, you you begin to feel God's presence. You don't stop and say, hey, who is this? Who am I feeling? You know right away who it is without even asking because he's lived inside of you since you were saved. You have the equipment to discern and recognize his presence. And so when he moves upon you, just follow his promptings. He's going to take you out of your comfort zone, and that's where we need to be anyway, right? And so just trust him, whether you're in alone or in a group setting. Um, it's all good. Just follow and lead. And honestly, all of us should remain in the state of being filled with the Holy Spirit all the days of our Christian life. Paul told the Ephesian church, his best pastorate, you know, his most effective season of ministry was there. And after he left, he told them, stay under the waterfalls all the days of your life. It's not just a one-time you know, put some coins in the vending machine, get the product, but it's, it's a lifetime infusion. Keep the IV hooked up. Yeah, that's so good. And and I know for me too, another thing that, that really helped me was just getting around other people who, who were filled with the spirit, people who use that language, who, uh, who believed that and, and lived that out. And I know that just kind of being around them made me want it, the, the posture that I had was like, I want whatever you got for me, God. Mm -hmm. And then out of that posture and out of that prayer, I really feel like God, God met me there. Well, another aspect, a lot of people think, you know, Hey, I am, you know, Orthodox evangelical, you know, and so I, you know, I mean, I want more of the Holy spirit, but I don't want to believe everything that's on Christian TV and every fruitcake book and all that stuff. Well then don't eat the meat and spit out the bones, you know, uh, but be on the journey of constant openness rather than a defensive position against the Holy spirit. Jesus said the Holy spirit, John 16, 15 would take what is his and make it known to you. So if you put a wall to the Holy spirit, you're actually putting up walls to Jesus, and that can really dramatically limit uh, limit your ability to fulfill the will of God for your life. So the Holy Spirit's not to be feared. He's to be welcomed. People can 
you know, they're worthy of being afraid of because people are loony, man, but you don't have to be a loony person. Be the good example. Be the fully open, welcoming to the Holy Spirit Christian, still biblically centered and grounded, but be open to the Holy Spirit. Let his wind blow through your life. Oh, so good. And I, it brings me to this question, and, and I know as I minister, I know you've got it too. And, and I, what I like about you, Tim, is you've, you also are a historian. Um, you've studied revivals, church history in the, in the last hundred years, um, probably more specifically. And, you know, the Azusa Street revival, the move of God that birthed a lot of the movements that are here today that we're part of, you're a part of, I'm a part of um, these denominations. Um, but as, I, as I've looked at the history of the church, there, there is this, um, there was in, in probably the 50s, 60s more so, and you can talk more about this, almost like academically, uh, we don't need to be naturally minded, smart. We just, we, we need the spirit. And it was almost a push away. Like the people of the spirit, they're intellectually dumb. So, um, like I know one guy told me you couldn't even get a PhD in you know, studying the Holy spirit till, till just maybe a couple decades ago. And so that was a whole, like that part of it going, you know, well, we, we, we just rely on the spirit. We just go with it. And and yet, um, the people that I've ministered to, I think leaders today, I find that the biggest challenge to, you know, living more in that spirit-empowered life is sometimes our, our mind. And I mean, I'm super analytical. I'm an engineer. I'm like, God, you need to fit between cells A4 and C6. And <laughs> and he, I found out he he doesn't fit, and he owns the whole spreadsheet. And um, and and so that's been a challenge when I said yes to that baptism. I had to let go of the mind, trying to figure it all out. And do, do you see the mind as being something that, not that it's a bad God created us. And so it's all of that, but it's also allowing those barriers, like you said. Yeah, so, you know, Paul has five major passages in his 13 epistles um, dealing with the mind and the spirit, the largest being 1 Corinthians 2. And he's trying to help the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2 understand that there are things that you can experience with your senses, which is a large, I mean, a lot of what we do in our Christian life is sensory. We go to church, we sing songs, we're speaking in a common language, and additionally, community of faith language on top of that. We see, hear, you know, um, experience, we, you know, join hands with your neighbor, which I always hate because they're probably a nose picker or something, but, you know, you're, <laughs> but you're have all these senses going on. Um, even the Lord's supper, you know, this is, is eating, it's tactile, it's taste. And there's all these things we learn, we study to show ourselves approved. But Paul tells the Corinthian church, there are things which I has not seen and ear has not heard and have not even entered the heart or desire of man that God has prepared for us. And to us now, he's revealing them by his spirit. In other words, there is a Holy Spirit dimension that's open for all of us as believers. It's not better than the natural or the mind side, but to really be a, a full Christian, we need to embrace all that God has for us. And again, it doesn't mean that, you know, you have to have the image of the Virgin Mary on every bagel you toast or anything like that. But it does mean that there is there is more for us. And you read in the scriptures, there are very common supernatural experiences for New Testament Christians. 
spirit baptism, for example. You know, whenever the apostles get around um, non or new Christians, they get them baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit as quickly as possible. Just what they did. It's not a reward for long-term spirituality. It's like a kindergarten gift God wants to give you because he wants you to be supernaturally aware and effective from your earliest days onward. Um, you know, the ability to pray in the Spirit, um, you know, praying for healing. I mean, all these things, they lie outside of the comfort zone of the mind. And it doesn't mean that anything that's loopy is God or anything that's uncomfortable is God. That's why you have his word. And some people think that the holy, the leadings of the spirit from, from the spirit and the things of the mind, the studying the word of God are in some kind of a conflict. But remember, 2 Peter 1.21, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. So he never leads you outside of it. And if what's happening or the leading you feel is outside of the scriptures, then you know that that leading is incorrect. Um, it's, I mean, it's pretty easy. Um, you have to be okay with knowing the Word of God and knowing what the Holy Spirit does and allowing God to take you there. Um, it doesn't mean that, again, that you're going to, you know, be in some weird, like uh, some high state, you know, or whatever. In fact, a lot of people, I kind of think they may be, and I don't know, maybe omniscient on this, but I think there's historically been a lot of play acting. Like when the Holy Spirit moves upon people legitimately, they begin to act kind of weird or whatever. Um, biblically, for example, you have the experience of the trance, which is not universal. Only a few people experience it in the New Testament. Um, and for very specific occasions, it's never associated with spirit baptism. Um, but that's where you're not aware of the world around. You're not aware of the mind. You're only aware of the spirit kind of the idea. But I found when the Holy Spirit moves upon people, even spirit baptism, they're not less aware of the world around them. They have a heightened sense of the presence of God and a heightened sense of the needs of those around them. And, and that's what kind of sometimes messes up people when they begin to experience the spirit in new ways. They go, why can I still think? Why does my brain work? Here I am speaking in an unknown tongue and I can still think. Well, of course you can, because God doesn't dull you and knock you out. He augments you and accentuates you and, and strengthens you in those ways. And, you know, uh, being open to the things of the spirit is, is it's not an either or. It's not like check my brain now. I'm going to go in the spirit. But instead, Holy Spirit, I welcome you as I read the word. And, you know, now as I'm getting to step out here, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to, you know, give me the words to say and, and just let him pervade your mind and your spirit. I find, too, like one of my favorite realities of this whole idea of the mind and the spirit is that Romans 12, right? We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And it's that it's that allowance of the Holy Spirit to to shape how we think. And and I think there is something miraculous that happens in an instant, but it's also just an ongoing process of allowing the Holy Spirit to to, to yeah, like reshape, help us to take our thoughts captive, all of those different things. Well, you know, in, in a very non-theological, non-technical language, but maybe one that speaks, the ultimate goal of Christian discipleship is to ever more think like God and less like yourself. And uh, so you want, you know, discipleship at its core is about re our realization of identity and living in that. And so the more we allow the things of the spirit to affect our mind and our, our own spirits, 
Um, and of course, in line with the word of God, the more we become less like ourselves and more like Jesus. So our reactions are different. Our mind is renewed. Our responses are different. Our goals are different. You know, we're not living like everybody else around us that just always wants a bigger house and a better car and a prettier wife or whatever it might be. Um, our pursuits are different. We have eternal pursuits and we're thinking like God in, in all of those ways, uh, thinking ever more like him, I should say, you know, and that's that renewed mind. And that is affected not just by data on a page, but it's by a true work of the spirit in our hearts and lives. That's changing our affections and changing our pursuits. So it's a holistic work of the spirit in our lives, both mind and spirit. Yeah. Like we see in acts that, that the Holy spirit comes on the 120 and it changed. There was, there was power that was poured out, but then there was also fruit that came from that. And I think sometimes we can stop and there isn't the fruit, there isn't the next. It's we can have, you know, the bless me club, the service where we just gather and encounter. One of the things as a ministry we've been really mandating is going, how do you live a spirit filled lifestyle? How do you how do you live it out when the alarm goes off at 6 a.m.? I mean, you had a great service Saturday night. You were at one of our gatherings. That's amazing. But how are you different? Monday morning like how how do you actually live that out and I think some of that is the giftings of the Holy Spirit that there are gifts that, that are given there is the fruit um, can you talk to us about that how that the next like okay you're baptized sure. you're but then what yeah so um, you know I'm the term routinization um, can be a very negative one or can be a positive one that is the idea of a routine being created either intentionally or passively and Christians like everyone else were creatures of routinization you know I get hungry around noon and I sit in this TV chair at night and you know on Thursdays we watch this program whatever and we do the same thing as Christians so a lot of Christians they open up and they experience the spirit in church because that's where or a prayer group or something like that and then they compartmentalize it and go back in their other areas of life. You have to intentionally routinize the Holy Spirit into every sphere of influence in your life or else you will miss him passively. Um, and so the idea of waking up and having an intentional you know, time of prayer, get ready in the morning, you know, when you're soaping your hair, that's a great time to go, hey, God, underneath these fingers is a brain and I need you to affect it. So I want to give you, you know, my day, I'm going to be at work with the same old people talking, doing the same old things, but I, I welcome you to speak to me and, you know, at lunch and here's, you know, and just inviting, creating a routine of inviting and welcoming the Holy Spirit onto your daily schedule, um, into your family. I mean, how into your marriage, into your parenting, into your, you know, your dating, whatever aspects you are, you have to intentionally welcome him or you will naturally be oblivious to him. And uh, so like dumb things, you don't need to do it this way, but something I've done since I was a teenager, whenever the, the time rolls around and the hour is straight up, you know, it's 12 o'clock, it's one o'clock, it's two o'clock, I look at the watch. Um, I, I just have always taken that as a trigger of just take five seconds and stop and say, Holy Spirit, is there anything you need me to know, anything you need me to do, and just take a moment and listen. I'm not mandating that's the way it needs to be done in the Christian church around the world. But I'm saying just for me, I found if I don't insert intentionally moments to stop and listen to him, I just simply won't. And I'll be so root, routinized in my daily schedule that I'll miss those things. And I want to be like Philip in Acts 8. I want to have the Holy Spirit say, run up alongside that chariot. 
Um, I want to experience those moments. And, and by creating some kind of introspective moments like that, um, you open up the door for spiritual encounter. Same thing with Holy Spirit giftings, you know, like first Corinthians chapter 12, while spirit baptism is for everyone, you know, the gifts mix tend to be a little different according to Paul's teaching. And so, you know, it's, on top of your donut, there's different sprinkles, you know, and, uh, and so simply by welcoming those things, and maybe you've been in a prayer group or a Bible study or something, and you're like, man, somebody really needs to prophesy right now. I just feel that. Well, why do you feel that? Is God just letting you in on the, on the production meeting for that service spiritually? Or do you feel that? And are you aware of that? Because maybe God is calling on you. And so, you know, taking some ownership and listening and saying, Spirit of God, teach me your ways, put the training wheels on this bicycle and lead and guide me outside of my normal routines. Well, that's so good. And, and all this talk of donuts, you know, growing up as a Christian in the 90s, I just I got the Donut Man song stuck in my um, head. So life without God's love is like a donut. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's so good, Tim. Um, I'm just curious, like how... Can, do you have a story or two of kind of how this has impacted your daily life? Like, it doesn't have to be anything complicated, but like, as you center yourself around God's presence and the Holy Spirit each hour, like, is there something that kind of came as a surprise once or something that oh, really man. impacted you? I'm sure there's lots. So maybe one or yeah, two. Yeah. I mean, I mean, do you want something mundane or something spectacular? You know, like, cause a lot of times you only hear the spectacular story. So you think that's always the way it is, but sometimes it's just the gentle nudge, Absolutely. you know, that makes all the difference. Um, but I kind of tend to remember the more spectacular ones that are a little more few and far between, um, you know, like, I don't know, years ago we were, We've traveled because we're when we're in North America and had our family raising our kids on the road. They always went with us. So we had like a semi truck pulling a big fifth wheel thing, and uh, we were in in um, uh, Indiana, and I had a belt break and I crippled the semi off the the thing into the truck stop and pulled right up. And right as I was pulling up, they were pulling the garage doors down because it was like 5.01 p.m. And it was a, a holiday weekend in the States, Memorial Day weekend, uh, the end of May. And it was a Friday and I knew they were going to be shut down. We had to be in Indonesia, leave for Indonesia on Monday with plane tickets. And we were in the wrong spot to leave from. And so I was like, I bang it on the door. They finally unlocked. It. I'm like, please, you got to help me. You know, I've got this belt broken. It was the alternator belt on our engine. And I'm like, you know, come on, you know, you, you know, I'll pay you extra. I'll, I'll make it worth your while. And they're like, all right, all right. Well, they got looking at, it, they're like, we don't have the belt. Just then a truck pulls up and it's the parts truck. And the guy said, Hey, I forgot to leave you this belt that was on your order. It was the belt I needed. I mean, it was literally a minute and a half after they said we didn't have it. So the guy's wow. like, all right, I'll do it for you. So I began to think maybe I'm here for another purpose, you know, or additionally, because God likes to supersize most orders anyway. And mm -hmm. so um, while he's underneath uh, the truck changing it, he goes, hey, can you fire it up real quick? Um, just to make sure I can get some, you know, and then shut it off. And because he's underneath, I can see his knees poking out from underneath the front bumper and I'm around the driver's seat firing up when he tells me to and shutting it off. And as it's firing up, all of a sudden I feel as I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, I go, I go, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to tell this guy? And all I had was the first two words, God knows, but they were burning in my tongue. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are afraid to obey the Holy Spirit unless they know everything. Well, 
you're not doing the wisdom on this or the planning. You are merely the printing the documents, right? You're merely the printer, the speaker. And so most often you don't have a full revelation of what you are to say, but you'll find as you begin to speak what God gives you, he does it. So um, as his head's underneath the thing, I, I poke my head through the wheel well and I go, hey, uh, this may sound really weird, but I just feel like I'm supposed to tell you something. He goes, what's that? And I go, God knows and then there's a pause, and then the rest of it came tumbling out like watching a train come out of the mountain tunnel. You don't know how many cars are there until they just all come out. God knows what you have planned for 8 p.m. with Patty at the motel, not Motel 6, Super 8 Motel up the road. And all of a sudden, I hear this clunk, and it's his head hitting the oil pan, and he shoots out from underneath the truck. And he was, you know, I'm not very tall, but he was probably six and a half feet tall, six, five or something like that. And built, I mean, huge guy. He's got a wrench in his hand and I'm thinking they're never going to find my body. And he comes walking <laughs> towards me, red face. And all of a sudden he just breaks wow. and starts bawling. And he goes, honest, I met her online and you know, I'm a married man and I'm a, you know, I'm a Nazarene and, and, and I go to the Nazarene church. And you know, I, and he starts, he can't even get the sentences out. He's crying. And he's like, he goes, you just never know. He goes, I'm going to call my wife right now, you know, and I'm going to call my pastor. And you know, we, we didn't meet yet, you know, and all this stuff. And he's crying and and he's hugging me with grease all over. He goes, you know, God saved me from ruining my life and ruining my marriage. And I'm like, can you fix my belt? You know, but, um, but it's just moments like this where, you know, that wasn't you. Yeah. I mean, it had to be God. And as Paul says in first Corinthians 14, if an unbeliever comes in and these gifts are operating properly, the secrets of their heart will be exposed and they will fall down among you and say, God is here. You know, those are kind of the ideals. But that's no more important, that kind of a story, even though it's a little more spectacular, is no more important than you just feeling led of the Holy Spirit to ask your kid, hey, how are things going at school today? Are you all right? Mm -hmm. And God averting a major calamity in their life because you're a spirit-led parent. Um, mm -hmm. Or noticing a change in a spouse's behavior and say, hey, let's go to dinner and talk. And just listening and allowing the Holy Spirit to help you. Um, in, in those ways or in your business or whatever, the Holy Spirit wants to speak, lead, guide, empower. He just needs your invitation, your welcome, and for you to create a place for him to be hosted. Oh, that's so good. And, and one of the things we've chatted about a little on the podcast so far, and I'm sure we'll explore a lot this season, is just how much of being a spirit-empowered leader is simply being led by the Holy Spirit. As It's almost like to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. <laughs> um, but I, I want, I'm wondering if you could just tie it into to leadership a little bit too uh, with, so like, like talk to the engineers, talk to the doctors, talk to the business leaders that might be listening to this podcast. Like how would you encourage them in, in their world? Like what does it look like to be a spirit-empowered leader? Um, and, and again, you might have already mentioned a lot of those things, but I'm just thinking about those people like, they're in the grind every day. What does it look like for them? Yeah. So, I mean, there really is nothing in a Christian's life that is unholy. Um, God has placed us like the parable of the seeds. He's placed us all in unique spots so the gospel can grow up and become the dominant plant in the garden. And a lot of people don't view their outside of church things as something that God's really involved in, but he, he wants to be. So why not intentionally invite him there? and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. And, and, and like, for example, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be the teacher who leads us into all truth and teaches us everything. So what good is it to have a teacher like that if you never go to class, you never ask him questions? So 
engage with him. It is appropriate. While most prayer biblically is addressed to the Father um, and Jesus is the mediator, we have examples of prayer, people calling out to the Holy Spirit. It probably wouldn't be the usual way you pray, but there's nothing wrong with you saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. Help me with this project. I don't know what to do. He's concerned about that. And or teach me, teach me how to hear your voice in a greater way and help me with this thing that I've got going on here at work. I don't know what to do. Um, and and he'll use all of those all of those things and ways to lead you and help instruct you on how to hear and hone your hearing of his voice. Um, and those will all pay dividends in your life. Then when it comes down to when God says, hey, go speak to the person at the grocery store. And uh, you've cultivated that hearing ear in every sphere of life. Now you're not as afraid. You still are a little afraid because you're you, but you're more confident that you're hearing from God. So getting inviting him into every sphere, I think, is a critical aspect. So good. And, um, you know, as we're talking, it seems like, you know, and, and this is a given, but we keep coming back to it keeps leading people to Jesus like it like the work of the spirit in acts 2 we see what was it 3000 people said what must we do to be saved and isn't it true that the life of the spirit when we live this out it's always pointing to Jesus like we're we just have to be pointers to him and so i know you carry a heart for evangelism and for for that and you also studying moves of god in the past where do you see um it going like as you've studied history and I love you sent me some books I have here from C.S. Price and his journals and and we have tracked with C.S. Price and how he came through Canada and all these great um, Catherine Kuhlman and all these great men and women of God where we can learn from also learn from maybe the mistakes they've made um, the moves of God in the past but what's what's what do you feel he's doing Tim in this next season if you were to say hey this is the next 10 20 years of what the church what the body of Christ. What's, what, what do you think is happening right now? Yeah, I, I always tire of hearing uh, people go, oh, God is doing a new thing. I mean, that yeah, that is a scripture because God was transitioning in that particular portion the way he is. But the Holy Spirit's doing the same thing he's been doing since the ascension of Jesus. He leads Christians deeper into Jesus and farther out into the world. And that's just what he does. And so, um, thankfully, you can always measure as a Christian, am I going deeper into Jesus? Am I going farther out in the world in service and in ministry? And that's that's where his favor and blessing is. And for a Christian to be self-sufficient and I go to church, I punch my card on Sundays and whatever. But if you're not going farther out in the world, you're not going to experience spiritual maximums. You know, if you want your own stories of the glory and power of God, then follow the directionality of the Spirit go deeper into Jesus and deeper out in the world. You know, you bring up like Charles Price and Kuhlman and so many others. I mean, there's a million and none of these folks are without flaw, you know, because God uses imperfect people. But um, but it's the same thing. They were concerned about going deeper into Jesus and farther out into reaching others in the world. And um, it's the same direction the Holy Spirit's been moving. That's what I see for the future. Um, the unchanging spirit of God is still calling us to become more like Jesus, both in moral purity and character and transformation, and also in Christian service. It's just what he does. Uh, so good. 
I want to uh, give an opportunity for you to pray, pray for us. But as, as you've been sharing, I just, on, on each of these podcasts, we just believe that it's not just, you know, the spirit doesn't just work in a church service with six songs of worship and then that, or, you know, in a certain setting, we just believe that on this podcast, it'll be an opportunity for encounter. And so if you're listening or watching us and you're at the gym or you're in your car, but you're just hungry, you're saying, I, I don't know what that looks like, but I want a fresh uh, touch, fresh baptism, whatever that would be, to be like that donut totally glazed over with chocolate. Um, I know I want that today. And so, Tim, would you kind of lead us, even even in a, a fresh baptism on, on a podcast? I don't know if I've ever seen this done, but I know that Holy Spirit isn't just in Wichita, Kansas, where you are. Um, Holy Spirit's here and in every car and every person that's listening and, and is drawing even those that don't know you, uh, convicting, as you said. And, and so it's, it's um, incredible. And so we just want to receive. So can you just pray and feel just go as you feel led yeah you bet well just important to remember in a moment when you begin to personally invite the holy spirit that is an act of vulnerability and that's what that's how we receive from god um the more we pray the more we call on him the more he works on our lives and prayer is among the greatest acts of vulnerability it's the it's no longer animals on an altar of sacrifice it's our vulnerability and so when you as a christian say Jesus, I welcome you to come and do this. Holy Spirit, I need you. Um, God is going to respond to that. And in a few moments, uh, you're going to begin to experience the Holy Spirit washing over you in a fresh way. But just remember, it's not something fearful. You will know him. It's the same Holy Spirit has lived inside of you. So instead of being afraid and fearful, he's not going to make you wet your pants and forget your name or anything like that. He's here to make you more like Jesus. So when, when he washes over you, recognize I'm, this is the Spirit of God. I mean, this is a big deal. This is what the prophets of old longed for, that one day every follower of Christ could have the Holy Spirit wash over them. So just choose right now when you sense the Holy Spirit wash over you. You're not going to try to over-process it. You're just going to put your inner tube in his creek and, and let his current take you deeper into Jesus and farther out into the world for ministry, all right? So come on, join me. You probably don't sense a thing right now, but whatever you're doing, if you got to pull over your car, you got to, you know, sneak into the broom closet at the gym or something so people don't think you're crazy, would you just join me in any act of vulnerability towards the Lord? Maybe lift your voice in prayer. Come on, oh, Holy Spirit of Jesus, I need you. I know you've lived inside of me, inside of my friends since the moment we were saved. And, and you're there to remind us that we belong to the Father, that we've been redeemed back to God. You lead and you guide and you empower and you reveal the character of Jesus. And you only speak truth. You're the spirit of truth. So I just welcome you. Come on, just, just open up yourself in vulnerability. Take it one more step. Raise your voice a, a, a decibel louder. Lift your hand an inch higher. Come on, it's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I invite you just to fall upon me. Lord, I pray that even in these moments right now from heaven, that you would just begin to release waterfalls of your Holy Spirit's presence, goodness, grace, peace, strength right now over my friends. May the same Spirit who has dwelt inside of each one since the moment of their salvation now just begin to be stirred up. Stir us way down deep where only you can stir, where no one could ever manipulate us from the outside. 
Would you just stir us up? Oh, Holy Spirit, we're your temple. Yeah, we just welcome you right now. I just pray even stronger, Holy Spirit, upon my friends. Yeah, just trust him right now. Thank you for that. Now, would you just join me and begin to welcome Jesus to freshly dunk you, drench you, coat you, enrobe you, uh, overwhelm you with his Holy Spirit. Come on, invite Jesus. He alone is the Spirit baptizer. Eternal Jesus, eternal Son, Son of God, would you right now begin to wash over each one of us with your Holy Spirit from on high, we know what it's like to have him inside of us, but wash over us. Yeah, thank you for it, Lord. May waterfalls of the Holy Spirit just wash over each one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. Yeah. Now, out of that innermost being, I pray those rivers of living water would flow, that you would help us, Lord, to perceive your promptings and your leadings right now. Yeah. Thank you for that, Lord. That's it. Just slow down and soak you. There's no pressure there's no hurry. There's no stress. You're not going to get booted off the network or anything. Oh, I need you, Holy Spirit. Wash fresh over my friends right now. Now, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would bubble right up inside of us. You're a speaking, communicating spirit. You prophesy. You lead us even to pray in a language we don't know. Paul called the unknown tongue. I just pray for that urging of the Spirit to bubble right up in my friends, right up to their mouths. May that utterance, that urging just bubble right up. Thank you for it, Lord. Yeah, many of you are feeling right now you're suddenly aware of, of uh, what sounds to your rational mind like crazy words, sound syllables. If you're praying to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is upon you, trust the promptings that are there right now. He's not coercing you. He's not making you. He's gently leading. Others are feeling God leading them to do something else or to pray or to worship. Just follow that leading right now. Thank you for it, Lord. In fact, some are experiencing God's healing grace right now. I feel a beautiful healing anointing. Just receive all that God has for you. God, dunk every donut, I pray right now. Drench us. And may this just be the first or the 25th or the one millionth of a lifetime of immersions in the spirit, I pray. Thank you for it, Jesus. Create in each one of us an insatiable appetite for more of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Yeah, Tim, while you were praying, I just got a really strong sense it's not too late for you. Uh, some of you listening might be feeling like, you know, I've, I've done so much ministry already kind of on my own strength, or I've never really experienced the Holy Spirit in this way before. You just need to know that it's not too late for you. God has an amazing plan, and, and there's going to be a trajectory shift for some of you that are listening right now. You've been leading for decades, but there's going to be a trajectory shift. It's not too late for you. Just receive, receive, and follow. Hmm. Yeah, God, and I thank you for a passion for people that you always filled and then you 
you made us point to Jesus in greater ways. It was power for evangelism. It was power to see the neighbor next to us, a person that doesn't know you. So God, I pray a burden for the lost. I pray open doors and a boldness yeah. over every one yeah. of us that, that we would just have a sense of your spirit, your power, your life change in us and the goodness of it. And that we just wanna find others and introduce them to you. God, I, I pray that even today as we've listened to this, as we've as we met together, as we've prayed, that you would now start to open our eyes to see who's around us, to see who you're calling us to, who we should go to. I, I sense there's some that even in this season that you're wondering if you should go on a missions trip, go to another country. I just want to confirm, I feel like God wants to confirm in you. He's calling you to another nation. There's someone that's watching and you're like, am, am I supposed to go? And I just... I just really sense to confirm to you today, I don't know who that is, but there, there's missions, there, it's a season to go. And, and there's, there's opportunities that are opening and you're wondering, is, is, that, is that for me? And I just feel like God is, wants to confirm it in your heart today. It's time to go, go to the nations. Amen, amen, wow, <laughs> that was really powerful. Um, and yeah, if, if those of you listening or watching had an experience or an encounter with God, um, share it with someone. Uh, maybe tell a friend or a family member, maybe reach out to us and let us know. We'd love to hear how God ministered to you uh, during that time. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Tim. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, during our conversation, I, I actually may have searched you on Amazon and bought one of your books, but because uh, <laughs> I've been so stirred by what you've been talking about. But I, I'm curious, just uh, do you have a website? Are you on social media? How can people that have been impacted today follow mm -hmm. up or learn more or uh, just receive from some of the things you sure. put out? Yeah, um, if you go to our website is... Um, uh, Tim Enloe, E-N-L-O-E, no W in there, timenloe.com. Uh, take you to our website. And there's all kinds of free materials on there. Um, if you want books, you can get them there, or Amazon, whatever. There's all kinds of stuff on there. But um, um, there's actually, if you're interested specifically in the topic of spirit baptism, uh, our little book, Want More, is just kind of a super helpful guide on spirit baptism. And it just kind of walks you through the scriptures and answers questions and even leads in a receiving time there. And that's you can get that even Kindle or whatever if you want. Or if you're one of the five people that have a nook, um, you can get it that way too. But um, yeah, so there's materials and resources there. But there's also free stuff. There's a bunch of videos and there's even I don't know, PDFs and a bunch of language stuff on there. So whatever may interest you. And yeah, social media, if you want to check us out there, you can too. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, well, thanks so much. Thanks for doing this. This has been a gift. And I know you're busy and you got lots of Zoom meetings and, and you to fit us in. And, and also you're traveling crazy. And so thank you so much. And we need to we need to hang out more. We need to have you back um, because we could go so many ways with our conversation today. But thank you for being so sensitive to his leading. And uh, we just pray such blessing over your ministry in this season and your travels and, and all that you're doing for the kingdom. And just thankful for you thank you it's such an honor to be here and we love you guys and, and your ministry and resurgence just exciting to see what god is doing globally uh by his holy spirit and uh, through each each ministry yeah awesome thanks tim 
So I found that conversation with Tim so helpful, Travis. I don't know how much we need to add, but but I know that for for me, I he really hit a lot of the objections, a lot of the things that I used to think about um, when I was just exploring what it meant to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. He really was able to kind of give theological backing to some of these things because I, I know how important it was for me. I didn't want to get into something just because it felt right. I wanted it to know it was true. And he really helped today kind of give language to that. I know that I'm probably going to be using some similar language, probably the donut language quite a bit uh, when I minister, especially to people that have questions. But I know that was really helpful for me today. Travis, what did you find helpful? Yeah, I just, I love his heart and his passion. I mean, he, um, I heard him speak in, in Korea and he, and he spoke to leaders on how to lead people in your congregation, in your setting into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I just thought it was so, um, not, um, uh, what do I, what do I call not this big show and this big fanfare. It was just simple. It was like, don't make it theatrical. Don't make it crazy. Don't, don't get all, Oh, I see the Lordeth and King Jameseth, you know, <laughs> just, just this, you know, just don't go be easy. weird. Just go simple. Don't be weird. And, and yeah. I love that because so many times there can be weirdness. And I've been mm. in services where Holy Spirit has really touched me. But the guy he was using was super weird. But God still used it, and it was amazing. But I just think, you know, we need more of the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we can block what he wants to do. I think what he shared about blocking, blocking Jesus, blocking what, what, and and that is so key. And so my prayer today, even as I listen to that, and I've taught on Holy Spirit, you've taught on Holy Spirit, my prayer for each one of us listening, me today, is God, is there any rooms in my heart that I've not opened to you? Is is there more? I want more of you. I, I want to push past um, my own barriers and my walls and my insecurities and say, bring me closer to you, secure my, I love what he said about the identity, as in the spirit, our identity is secured. And, and I just think that happens when we're, you know, immersed by the Holy Spirit, you know, the chocolate glaze is coming over our donut. And I just, I'm going for donuts right after this. But um, that that's, that's what I'm just, uh, I'm kind of, I'm so excited about just, I want to listen to it again, and just receive more in that prayer, because God was doing some stuff in my heart as we prayed. Yeah, that was so good. And and even as you say that, Travis, I'm just thinking if, if any of you are listening and you have any questions or anything kind of rose up in that and you want to have a conversation, just send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you're processing with. And there's a very good chance that a question that you might have is a question that lots of people would have. And we'll probably do an episode about it. So don't be afraid if you have any questions uh, to reach out. We'd love to keep this a conversation. Yeah, so we're, we're going to close today. Uh, we got some amazing uh, episodes coming up. Be sure to follow us, subscribe on social media, Live Resurgence on the Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook. Our website is liveresurgence.com. Um, but love, love to hear. Could, could you do a review wherever you've watched this, listen to this podcast? Uh, that would help us amazing. Share it with someone. Um, I, I just believe this is going to impact people uh, wherever, wherever they're listening. And so we just need to get the word out. So if you would help us on this journey, you would join us in this journey. We're excited for uh, what's next. And so um, have an amazing day. Go get a donut and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast. We hope that this podcast has encouraged you as an empowered leader. 
This podcast is brought to you by Resurgence Initiatives. Our mandate is to revive churches, release leaders, and reach people. We are on a journey, and the dream God has put in our heart involves you. Learn more at liveresurgence.com or on Instagram at liveresurgence.